Thanks for tuning in to the Equip Podcast. My name is Jeff Christ. I'm the lead pastor of Gateway Assembly. We're so excited to bring you some leadership principles and practices to equip you in your calling. We believe that you can do what God has called you to do. So let's get right into it. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of Equip Podcast. We've had, had such a good time recording these episodes. We, it, For us, it's like a family reunion when we all come together. Yeah, we just totally. love being together, love it. talking awesome. about Jesus, talking about leadership, and, and hopefully um, talking about things that are going to equip you. And we would love to just continually hear from you, either just your thoughts, feedback, as well as uh, just your questions. How can we better equip you in whatever walk or journey. Maybe it could be on parenting or being, you know, how do you develop in your single life some practical things we could talk about. Whatever it is, would you send it to us? If you go just go to gwafamily.com slash equip, you can fill it out right there. It'll get to all of us and we'd love to just pray on it, process it, and hopefully bring it to you in a, the next coming episode. But we have an amazing topic that we're gonna hit today. Mm-hmm. I think one that could so easily be just underrated. You know, you talk about, we call it here, you know, at Gateway with our team, I call it the Gateway Grind. It's so easy to just grind at the ministry, grind at a business, grind at hard work. And the Apostle Paul says, you don't work, you don't eat. So there is a grind to any sense of what we do in life, Mm -hmm. whether that's parenting, just showing you pictures of my son. There's a grind to parenting. There's a grind to, you know, building a, a company. There's a grind. But if there's not rest that comes with the grind, usually that grind grounds you into <laughs> through the ground, you know, dig a hole. So we talk about the idea of staying healthy as a leader. There's the emotional health, mental health, spiritual health, even physical health. Yes. Um, and I know this has been a topic really on your heart of just really yeah. being healthy because I think a lot of people, they sleep but that doesn't mean they're rested. Right, they, right. They, man, I get all these hours of sleep and I'm sleeping, but I, I wake up and I don't feel rested mm. because sleep and rest, they're two different things. You want to just share a little bit of your heart on this whole idea of staying healthy? Yeah. Everyone around us knows, at least in pastoral <clears throat> leadership, only one out of 10 people who start ministry is going to finish a ministry. Wow. wow. <clears throat> like there's a 90% dropout rate. I think, Brad, you gave, gave a stat in the next... Five, five years? Five years, 50% of the m- people in ministry won't be in ministry. Wow. So, so that, I don't believe that's God's will. No. Right. And uh, I believe we are missing some things in especially our tradition, our tribe, about how much we want to do for God but not be with God as much. Mm. And I think it's created some real unhealthy rhythms in our life mm-hmm. to where we almost neglect our interior life. I got to believe if... Uh, God took a day off. Why would any of us think that we were, we are exempt from that? That's good. Because ministry will never get done. I mean, there's goals and dreams. I still got the clock's ticking. We want to get them done. It'll never get all done. But if we just continue to do for God and not be with God, we're going to have, you know, nothing to give. Mm-hmm. And we become emotionally depleted, uh, physically unhealthy, and spiritually, even though we know how to do some stuff and we believe a lot of good things— We'll lose our passion and our yeah. zeal. We'll lose our edge. Yeah. Good word. And so uh, in 2003, I hit a wall like every pastor does. Somebody gave me a book, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality by Peter Scazzaro. Changed my life, changed the way I approach ministry, everything, and I'm still on that journey of health. Yeah, That's wow. Great. You had given us a book by an author, uh, Carrie Newhoff. Mm. Um, yeah. 
He has an amazing podcast. Just shout out to him if you haven't listened to it. Amazing podcast that he does for leadership development. But the book was called Didn't See It Coming. Yep. Seven Things I Wish I'd Known or something like that. Mm -hmm. Wow. He talks about this idea of, you know, I think what you're talking about, doing things for God, but really not doing it God's way. God has God has a a rhythm. He, you know, routines. You know, I even talk a lot a lot about the reason that people get into ruts is because they can't distinguish between what should be a routine and what needs to be a rhythm. Mm. Rhythms are ever changing. Routines are like, like for instance, reading the Bible shouldn't be a rhythm. That's a routine. That's like, that's a, that's things we just have to stay grounded. But Kerry Newhoff, he talks about this idea of, he didn't really get into that, that emotional, spiritual, physical healthiness of rest. And he's burned out kind of 2003, like hitting that wall. So literally he talks about how he was driving and he, is on the road and he sees like a brick wall, I think next to a bridge or something. And he just wanted to run his car into it wow. because he was so burned out. Yeah. And even even physically, he got to the point where um, his body just couldn't keep up with the, the the pace at which it was going. So I think that this is not this is not a thing for <clears throat> just pastors. This is not a thing for any one category of people called this or not. This is just like today you see so much depression, you see so much anxiety, you mm. see suicide rates up. And I think it's because we're in a generation, especially with this device, yes. where there is no rest. Mm-hmm. Like we're never mm-hmm. unplugged. Like there, there's actually, like, I don't know the scientific nature to it, but there's people, you know, like that feeling of like, you, you don't have your cell phone on you, yeah. but you feel like you felt it buzz because you're <laughs> so used to feeling it on you. And literally people have anxiety if they're not with their phone because yeah. they're so attached to it. So oh. I think social media and so many things have brought us in this idea of being constantly unrested. Mm-hmm. So let's talk very practically about some of the the tips, the tricks that you've learned, some of the lessons, probably even hard lessons from 2003 that you learned. Mm-hmm. What are things that you all do? Let's just open the floor here. Practically to refresh, <laughs> to rest, things that just, they fill that tank. They just, they keep that passion and zeal alive. Because it's really easy, um, especially, and I just want to be honest, when you know ministry, you know Jesus, you know the Bible so well, you could end up going through the motions, right? and it's not real for you anymore. Right. You know right. what I mean? It could just be like, you know you lift your hands in worship, or you know you can, mm. people just start going through the motions of preaching that sermon, or praying, or whatever, but it's not, it's not alive in you anymore. Mm. Yeah, I, what are things you do to keep it alive? Before you know addressing that, I think we really have to go back and uh, understand that God created us to be human beings, not human doings. Mm. But a measure of our success is by what we do, not necessarily by what we become. And so, not only is the phone constantly interrupting us, we have another curse and virus that happens to us. We compare ourselves because we can compare ourselves to everything, and it it continues to take us down. And I think as, as leaders, if we don't, if we even look at devotions, that's something I'm going to go do devotions and we check that box and now we can get to the real work. Where I believe um, spiritual leaders and speaking to pastors now, okay. we really need to be um, men and women of God that know God, that seek God, that wait on God. And I don't believe, I didn't for years, look at my day as part of what I have to do, do is be with God. Mm. I looked at it as like everything that had to be done, which is a bazillion things, and that's yeah. never changed. Whether I take a day off, whether I stay up all night, whether I stay at the office late, never gets done. 
And so we've got to be with God so we have something to give. And whether you're a pastor or you're leading an organization or just being a faithful employer, an employee, you've got to be with God if you love God and hear Jesus. And I think some things we've missed is, is just reading the Bible, telling God what we want him to do that day. We need some solitude and stillness to listen to what he wants us to do. Like we take his requests mm-hmm. and what he wants us to be. The early church fathers, they, they did that. They went away to be with God. And they didn't do a lot with God when they were in the desert right. for 20 years. But I think God is kind of moving, especially in our tribe, to be more contemplative. But contemplatives in action, <clears throat> meaning we're just not going to go in a cave and seek God for 20 or 30 years alone. You don't affect the world that way. But to say this is a part, not just once a day, but a few times a day, communing with Jesus and where he actually, we be with him. And then when we do, there's an anointing there that is powerful. Hmm. And uh, we've got to do things that help us be with him. What are ways, Mm -hmm. so what are like practical things you do? Because I think this is going to like flip people's mindset. Because they think of being with God as like, I'm going to go just in this place and do nothing but pray. But there's other ways to be with God, like genuinely encounter God. What are some some of the things that you guys do practically that allow you to refresh and encounter God, but you wouldn't guess that that's going to happen? You would think, I'm just going off and doing this thing. But really, it's something that is really opening your world to encounter God. Anything practical? Something that's really helped me is just uh, working out. Okay. You know, I... I don't hit the gym a minimum two times a week, and that's not enough. I'm trying to get to that two or four times You're a week. You're looking good. You look like a well, seven times you, a week, man. I'm <laughs> sucking it in. Really. <laughs> <laughs> but I, listen, I'm not necessarily going there. When you get my age, you're not necessarily going there to get big and yeah. bulky anymore. I'm going there to meet with God, and I don't mean that in a mystical way. I just mean I, I, I go to the gym, and uh, sometimes I put the earbuds in, sometimes I don't. And it's just me and Jesus hitting the weights. It's cool. And I unplug when I go to the gym. That's awesome. You know? That's a that's that's a unique thought. I just think a just a real simple thing. Uh, it takes like 15 minutes for me to go to Lapeer, mm-hmm. next city over, and I regularly do this. And then I go to the gym when I get there. But I regularly do this on a Monday morning because on a Monday morning my head is just full, just full because of the full day on Sunday meeting with people and all that. But that's just my way to start my week off. I unwind, I talk to Jesus, I listen, you know, just that quick 15 minutes. Sometimes, honestly, I'll take some back roads and take 30 minutes. Yeah. Mm. I just love that beautiful time, just me and God, depend what I'm feeling, what mm-hmm. my emotions are. That's my way, just yeah, unwind. We're, we're talking outside of typical, like, devotion time, we'd call sure, that. We're sure. talking, like, that's a... Just a practical way to sort of unplug. Yeah, and this is totally outside God. of, you know, my my time where I'm uh, sucking up some carpet. You yeah, know what I'm saying? yeah, I got you. Yeah, that's yeah. good. How about you guys? Yeah, I would. I am very similar to Ange. Uh, I just feel a refreshment in my spirit when I'm praying, even and dialoguing with the Lord, telling in my heart when I'm running on a treadmill. Okay, I, I just punch it mm-hmm. in, and uh, sometimes I'll watch TV on the treadmill while I'm running. But a lot of times it's just talking to the Lord, mm-hmm. just calling out. And uh, I feel, I know it. part of it's probably the endorphins moving, but I got to tell you, I, I feel a refreshment in my spirit when I'm doing that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. that's cool. What's your thing? Endorphins are given by God, man. Yeah. We connect with that. Yeah. 
think there are lots of things we can do to refresh. And I know we're going to talk about Sabbath, which is super important, and uh, even little Sabbaths throughout the day. Um, but taking walks, prayer walks, silent stillness. Um, I love going out to my wood shop, carving wood, being alone. Uh, you hear and sense the Spirit of God. I have a tablet out there because sometimes even in those times you get all sorts of ideas mm-hmm. of the Lord yeah, speaking do. to you because you're not saying anything. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I think believers, we need to stop telling God everything and just listen. Mm-hmm. I love when Elijah heard God. He heard him, and in, in the Hebrew it actually means he heard his voice and there was no voice. There was He heard his voice and there was no sound in the yeah. stillness, yeah. you know, and I think that's powerful, you know, to get alone, be still, do what you like. I think for too long the church has said, man, if you like anything else other than read your Bible and praying, it's yeah, idolatry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When God has put things in people's hearts and lives, the arts, um, reading, music, mm-hmm. um, painting, all of those things are God-given. We, yeah. s- we commune with God when we do what we were created to do, depending on our giftings and our temperaments. Yeah, that's good. Instead Date. of saying, well, that's secular, yeah. and uh, yeah. reading the Bible is the only thing that's sacred. No, everything we do is sacred. Once Jesus is in our life, in him we yeah. live and move and have our being. That's good. So I, think, I, I love to carve I think there's even people yeah. listening right now that it could be they love to dance, you know, or they love to sing or they love to, like I think of David out in the pastures just with the harp, just singing the Psalms yeah. 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 under the Lord. Like I think a lot of people can read the Psalms and they, they didn't realize David was just receiving and worshiping unto the Lord. Yeah. And, and yeah. these things were being, you know, documented for us now to right. receive. Um Let's talk, let's talk like probably into the depths of maybe where some people can find themselves. Go as deep or as shallow as you feel, but maybe just, you know, Pastor Nate, kick it off. What were some of like the warning signs, um, some of the things oh, yeah. that you were like, you know what, something's depleted, something's not right. Maybe you even didn't, you, maybe you noticed it too late even, but you're like, I need to refresh, relax, I need to rest. Like what are the things, like the triggers, mm-hmm. maybe for even you, you've noticed? I thought about what I could do for Jesus all the time, how the church could be better, how it could grow, how could I meet more people. How, like I had no break from the, that, and it became a pressure mm. that at one time I enjoyed that I started not enjoying. Okay. Mm. And then it started leaking out. I'm starting to snap at Wendy. I'm a little harder on the, on the kids, and they were little then. You know, I'm just, just a little grouchier. I was homeless, um, just a constant pace of that. Mm-hmm. Um, Bible reading, I get up, I had so much to do. I'm like, ah, it's all God's work, yep. you know, and, um, or, or I didn't even understand stillness. Um, I didn't pray in the spirit as much. I wasn't silent as much. My intercessory prayer life was spotty at best. Uh, all of those signs led to me just being like, I don't want to do this the rest of my life. Mm. And I believe that's the 90%. Yeah, absolutely. We got the pressure to grow a church or to grow a ministry. Some of it, it's just in us that we want to earn God's approval. We don't earn God's love when God just loves us right where we're at. If we didn't do one more thing for God, he showed me that in that, that wall. If I did not one more thing for the Lord the rest of my life, I'd go to the same heaven. I'd receive the same well done, and Jesus would love me the same. Right. And that was a revelation for me, you know. What almost, which almost gave you sort of the <clears throat> oomph. The freedom. Yeah. To go further for him than you maybe would have even. Yep. That revelation, that refreshing uh, was powerful in my life. And then he used a couple other avenues to continue to speak. And I'm still on that journey, man. Yeah. 
of uh, learning how good it is to be in God's presence all the time, how Jesus, we commune with him throughout the day, how to really enjoy silent and stillness without doing anything, including my phone, because it's going to be somewhere else, and uh, just hearing the voice of God. It's so good. You know, Pastor Angela, what, what have you learned? Like some triggers or some signs like, man, I maybe didn't know at the time, but looking back on it could even be, man, I just needed to rest, and I didn't know it at the time. Well, I think uh, I was a church planter, and I was a plumber, and I was doing both of them about 40 hours a week. Wow. So it's 80-plus hours. Wow. And thought I was invincible. And uh, actually, I was over at a friend's house having dinner, and I just kept going like this. She's like, what's wrong? I said, I don't know. I just... She goes, you're having an anxiety attack. I said, what are you talking about? I didn't even know what that was. And I ended up getting a book called The Anxiety Cure. I forget the author. But uh, there were some great principles in there that just leaped off the pages saying, that's exactly what was happening to me. Mm. I was starting for the first time in my life to experience anxiety, and it was based on a lack of rest. Mm. And that was my main issue. Um, and now what happens is, for the most part, <laughs> did my chair just shrink? <laughs> you dropped like four inches, <laughs> six inches. That's funny. We got to get that out of the podcast. <laughs> Leave it in. Leave it in. That's like there. a dwarf. That was hilarious. Like, <laughs> I thought your spine just broke. <laughs> what happened, man? Oh, man? That's what happened in my spiritual life. Joy, joy of the Lord, anxiety <laughs> On in Jesus' like this name. I was like, oh, oh. Yeah. Yeah. oh giving us an illustrated story. Oh, right? so Anyways, nowadays, oh, so that good. was happening about once or twice a week. Wow. wow. This was probably 06 ish, 07. And now it probably happens about once every three or four months. And it's the warning sign. It's mm -hmm. like, I'm done. I just look at my executive. I'm leaving early today. Why? Just need to go. I know that I've. I've hit my ceiling. Mm -hmm. uh, wow. I need to get home. I've, I need some rest. Can any of you speak practically maybe to somebody listening? And I, I, I mean this in the, the best way, but they don't have that luxury. They can't just leave. They yeah. can't just check out. Because you do. You're the, you guys are the boss, and you have that right and that yeah. luxury. Yep. But what about someone that doesn't? Mm. What are some things that you could just speak to with them where they can't just leave work? What are things that they can be checking on and be real with ahead well, of time. Yeah, and I was thinking about that same exact thing because I've talked to so many uh, guys that are on the factory line. Yeah. You know, and I would encourage them, and I encourage them all the time, put earbuds on, put right. in, and uh, turn on the Word of God. Just turn on the Word of God. Let the Word, just listen to the Word. I love Bible man <laughs> when he talks, you know, meaning the, you know, our apps that talk, uh, give us the Bible through voice. And um, this is so very, very important. Uh, get the word because I've dealt with so many guys and women that don't have that luxury. Mm -hmm. And it's not like, sure, we might have that luxury, luxury, but it's rare. Yes. We even have it. There's a lot of pressure uh, you're carrying. Uh, yeah, places. there's a different pressure that a senior pastor will carry than uh, the others. But yeah, I, that's what I would encourage them to do. Any of you speak to this, uh, you, you talk, I think you kind of opened up this conversation of um, the repercussions of yeah. not yielding, <clears throat> but you learn to yield. Um, do you feel like all of you yielded or did you feel like you let it get to a point where I talked about, you know, Kerry Newhoff, he's here, he's about to run his car into a brick wall mm -hmm. because he just, he was so burned out. It was almost mm -hmm. like there, you, it's not just you lose passion and zeal. 
you lose hope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, can any of you speak to that? I don't even know all of your stories enough, but like maybe a time where you didn't yield and there were re- repercussions mm-hmm. to it. I know for my life about five years ago, I didn't yield. And, um, and it came in the form of um, a couple leaders came against me. And um, honestly, not that I've had that a lot in my uh, ministry life, but I've had that before where, you know, people have come against me and so on. I've been strong. I get through it. I, I didn't get through this one. And um, uh, it's almost like Satan handcuffed me. I didn't know how to get through this one. And I, for the first time, I just wanted to walk. Uh, I just wanted to leave. Mm-hmm. I even told my deacons, I said, you know what? I think I might be going down, you know, church, get a church a couple hours from here, whatever. I just want to start over. And, um, and I didn't know how to interpret God. I didn't know how to I'd pray, read his word. Just didn't know how to understand it and uh it was just a multiple things it was a burned out time um it was just a time that i didn't even realize that jeff needed rest and um finally i went to a counselor i've never gone to a counselor in my life and And almost that's like sounds like an admission of defeat but it isn't no it wasn't people can see it the wrong way uh in fact i didn't honestly let me read say that I didn't go to a counselor. I have three, or at the time, two counselors that work for me. And she was talking to me about another situation. And then she noticed how I responded to her. Hmm. And my secretary was sitting there, and she right away looked at Denise and said, Denise, get an appointment for me to talk, for pastor to talk to me. She noticed something in my tone. Mm. She noticed something in my response. Mm. She, she just noticed something. Mm. And this is a uh, um, mental health therapist, mm-hmm. and that uh, she's been at it for 30 years. And so, um, so I submitted to that. Uh, I didn't have any problem. I, I don't have a problem with, you know, trying to be the tough guy and all this stuff. I just submitted to that. I felt that was a God thing. Mm. And um, and so um, she just said something so simple during that time. And she said, if you could speak to God right now, how would you, or what would you ask him? You know, what would you say to him? And I said to the Lord, or I said, I would say to the Lord, why did you do it this way? And then she looked at me and she said, isn't God perfect? Doesn't God do all things perfect? Mm -hmm. And in that whole time, I forgot God was perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, she just said that to me and a light bulb went off and it really came at a perfect time in my life because that weekend we found out um, Tammy had cancer. My wife had cancer and she had colon cancer, very severe. If that moment in my life, if God did not reveal that to me, because it was like a light bulb went off. I even that night, I went in my backyard and started yelling out to God, God, you are perfect. Mm. You did everything you brought me, everything you have, even with those leaders coming against me, God, you did it in a perfect way. You're trying to show me something yeah. and so on. And it rejuvenated me because when uh, Tammy went through that cancer, 
I was casting out every demonic thing. I was walking mm-hmm. those hospital hallways. Uh, I was just speaking. I was speaking in tongues. I was just speaking the Holy Ghost of healing upon Tammy. And, um, and it happened. She didn't mm-hmm. have any chemo. She didn't have any radiation. God healed her. Wow. And it was just amazing. And so I now tell pastors, you know, sometimes you, we do, you just don't understand it. You just don't know what you're going through. Maybe it's time you just need to stop and talk, maybe to a counselor. Yeah. yeah. Maybe to somebody, not your best friend, maybe not even another pastor, but somebody that's more of a neutral, right. somebody that's experienced, professional, yeah. uh, but Christian-based, yeah. mm-hmm. to point out some things that you're just missing. Because, you know, you might be preaching it, you might be yeah. proclaiming it's it, so true. but you're missing it yourself. Well, it's like it's almost like you were striving in your own strength, yeah. trying to fix all this. Yeah. No matter how hard you went, none of this could fix. And you mm-hmm. went from striving in your own strength to resting in God's strength. Totally. And, and I think just that revelation of like God is perfect, which means when he sets up structures, order, principles, let's talk mm-hmm. about this, such as like the Sabbath, that means that idea is perfect. Yeah. That principle for our lives is perfect, and it's intentional. Yes. In his perfection, you know, as we know, God created the earth seven days. On the seventh day, he rested, and many times you don't hear this talked about, but since the seventh day, it never said he stopped resting. Right. So it isn't just a thing we do for one day, but we live in his rest because mm-hmm. that means we live in his strength, right? Mm-hmm. So Pastor Angel, Pastor Nate, Speak to me. What does a Sabbath look like for you? What is some practical ways people could go about Sabbathing to stop striving and start resting in God's strength? Any practical or principles that you have for how you go about it? Because we work on people's Sabbaths. So if people right. get to Sabbath on Sunday. We work on that day. Right. So how do we go about Well, I, I definitely violated it uh, probably first 15 years of ministry mm-hmm. and 10 years of lead pastoring. I did not. I was going to write any books on how to honor the Sabbath. Wow. I was doing just the opposite. Um, and really now, I mean, very consistently, I, my Friday's off and almost every Saturday's off. So I almost get two Sabbaths, at least a Sabbath and a half. And, <laughs> and uh, I just make sure that I protect that Friday. Mm. And on Friday, I'm not doing ministry. You know, I might study for my message. But that's about it in the morning. Mm-hmm. It's the gym and it's the long day at the gym. You know, it's hunting, it's, it's three or four or five hours in the woods. I'm going to make sure, and it's just, I, I try to not answer my phone. I try not to text people in the church. If it's more personal stuff, I'll engage in that. But yeah. if it's ministry, I just don't on Friday. I really protect my Friday. And I'm, I, I'm not going to say every Friday, but I bet you 80 to 90% of them are very well protected. I want to come back to the Sabbath. You said something that just triggered some for me, though, is technology, separation, yeah. boundaries. What's like some practical thing? I don't know if you guys could speak at all like, what boundaries have you created? Because, you know, as I showed my cell phone here in the very beginning, this thing enslaves us. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like right. this, this thing, it can be used for very mm. powerful things for the kingdom of God. Absolutely. But also very destructive things. Right. On so many levels we can go into with pornography and so many things, right? right. But on a rest standpoint, what's boundaries people can create? We'll go back to the Sabbath conversation, but what do you do? I've turned off every notification CNN is not allowed to interrupt my day. Fox News is not in, allowed to. In, ESPN notifications are off. Facebook Messenger, I, even Instagram notifications. Uh, 
messenger it's all off hmm. i do not have messenger on my phone um they're off no one is allowed to interrupt my day if i look at it, it's when i choose on my time when i want to and so i think why that's did you important. put that in place is it because you because, saw abuse in your life yep i was starting to be ocd about it but also there are things if if every three minutes we get interrupted with something we won't get anything done yeah yeah if i'm with the lord i'm writing a message i'm talking to somebody again we mute things and stuff but it becomes ocd and that becomes the tool that interrupts our life all the time mm-hmm. and so i turned off all notifications um or even we could be in a conversation together. Right. And if you're dinging the whole time, yeah. you're not oh, really in the room with we've me. We've all been counseling people and we've said, could you please turn off your phone and not look at it anymore? <laughs> like, this is my time yeah. now. Yeah. You know, I'm trying to help you. Um, but it's becoming a norm in our society. Mm. Uh, I, I have people that talk to me and don't even look up from their phone. It's, oh, I just, it's, I just, it's crazy. And uh, it's, it's worse for some than others, but it got worse for me, and I didn't want to be interrupted anymore, so I got, I got rid of those notifications. And then I let people know my Sabbath is Monday. Okay. When I get home after three services, 2 o'clock, I consider I, I'm, I'm in Sabbath, and so I only do what I delight, but I, I tell people that. So kind of the church is trained Mondays if he's not going to get back to you on Monday. Yeah. And I tell people, don't, don't messenger me on Facebook. I check that like once a a year. <laughs> yeah, <I mean> Otherwise, <laughs> every single person you yeah. know on Facebook has access yeah, to yeah, you. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. You, nobody it, should have that kind of authority in somebody's yeah. life to just break in whenever they want. It is so difficult too, mm. you know, especially like I look at me with youth ministry, right? Like youth have so much access to me. So, and it is a catch 22 because I want to minister to them. Oh man, I that's love the them. Yeah. I want them in their lives. But when I'm getting Instagram, Facebook, maybe not email, but enough people email me. Then my number gets out. They text me. You know, the, mm-hmm. and you got. I don't know if people will hit on this or not. I don't have my voicemail set up. Mm-hmm. You know, people are like, why don't I stop your voicemail? I don't want one more possibility mm-hmm. for people to get a hold of me right. or send me something. That's good. Right. You know, and, and I know that that could be weird for some. They'd be like, you know, ditch other things. But that's just my thing. You know what I mean? Um, so, what's your boundaries you set in place? Yeah, I think David, that it's key that you've got some guardrails that you put up and there's it i think it starts with one of the underlying things we're talking about is the idea you know what we're all replaceable Mm -hmm. and if you go at it there's something in the mindset of ministers speaking to you specifically that there gets to be this idea you know what hey this thing revolves around me and uh you know what uh uh, it doesn't cause you to get big headed, but you can get that mindset. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know what? Wait, yeah, you, they need me. Mm. You know what? Charles de Gaulle, the great French leader, he said, you know what? The graveyard's full of irreplaceable people. <laughs> and uh, you got to remember that in your life. And I think to set up those boundaries, whatever they are, like for me, that there's that time, back to what you said, routine. Mm-hmm. And my routine is, you know what? I'm not bringing my phone and my uh, iPad that I can receive messages at early in the morning when I'm having that time with the Lord. Mm-hmm. I want I want to be a Mary in that sitting at Jesus' feet. Yeah. Because if you don't, then you turn into a Martha, her sister. What she's getting ticked off, Lord? Hey, 
tell these people to help me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the signs, uh, like you don't have the boundaries. Mm-hmm. You start to get short, you start mm-hmm. to compare, you start to get in, you know what, snap and antagonistic. And so to set that, leave the phone in the bedroom when you get up in the morning for me, and or whatever your quiet time, your devotional time, like Nate said, just keep it a million miles away. And a Wayne Benson, great man of God. Yeah, but you get up early, right? Yeah, I do. But <laughs> I'm not texting you that early. I'm not awake. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing how many people, or, or you start to go to the email, or you start, you know what, I'll send this to somebody. You know what, I'm thinking of Nate, and I'll send it to him. If, I, if that's by me, you know what, I'm going to be doing that. And I think to have the boundaries of the guardrails where you just say, you know what, untouchable at this mm-hmm. time. And man, Lord, it's just you and me. Yeah. And to, to have that. You were saying uh, Wayne Benson? Oh, yeah. Wayne Benson. You know what? He said that he had even back old school dicta, dictaphone. Right. Well, it could be a notepad for somebody because we are, we're all thinkers. You're, right. It's going through your mind. Mm-hmm. And, and he said, you know what? When I, when I think of something, I jot it down or I say it into the dictaphone and Done. put it back. Yeah. Hey, talk to my admin uh, about this and mm-hmm. get it out of my mm-hmm. mind ASAP so I can get back. Because that discipline in our lives to jot it down, write it down, speak it so that we can just us and the Lord. Even when you're praying, I've learned yeah. to do that. I have a pad of paper. Nope. Just get it out of my mind so I can go it's back. Smart. Yeah. Yeah. It's just smart. I think, too, like creating boundaries, the reason it's so healthy is, like like, like I said, with the students, I want to reach back to them. Sure. Right. I right. love them. But if there's too much of that coming in, it clouds you. Yeah. It breaks you down. It, it can discourage you. It's like, mm. I don't even know where to start. So many people want access to you. And it becomes a catch-22 because mm-hmm. the thing that you love to do becomes now a burden to do because you've created no boundaries in it. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think when there are no boundaries, that's when the burden sets in. Whereas like, if there are times I'm going to go up after this or even my cell phone, as much as I would love to just willy-nilly give everyone my cell phone number, I can't do that right. because if there's that much access, I'll have 50 unread text messages every day I'm still trying to get through. That's just a reality for the access of my life, much less I know other people probably have way more than that. So I think those are great tips. I've, I've been sitting here thinking about my notifications, like which ones can I just turn off that I'm allowing access to me? They do not need to have access and to when, me. And when, let me just add this, Dave, I'm thinking what, and if they have a lot of access to us, not just people, but apps and mm-hmm. other organizations, they're also getting access to our family because we check out. Yeah, yep. it's true. We check out for a second, even though we're right back. Um, and you and missed I the think, moment. Yeah, you, you, you can moment. miss a lot of wonderful moments. I've missed. You know? I've already missed too many, man. Yeah. I got a one month old. And yeah. I've already missed. You too know, many. Like my kids. They only have eighteen yeah. more summers with that one month. I know. That's amazing. You gotta gotta like cherish them, man. My son's so twenty two now, and uh, I mean, I probably would ask him once every three or four months. You know, even when he was seven years old, eight years old, nine years old, is daddy spending enough time with you? Hmm. Is dad spending enough time with you? Wow. And ninety-five percent of the time, yes, dad, we're good. You're not letting the church or ministry get before our relationship. Hmm. And the one time he said to me, "There's one thing you do that that I don't really like, and it kind of hurts my feelings." I'm like, well, "What is it, son? It's the phone thing." Wow. While him and I were talking, I'm checking out the text. I'm checking out the email, wow. and yeah. and it changed my life. When I when he said that, I said, "Okay." You know, so I, I stopped doing that in that relationship. Thanks mm-hmm. for sharing that. Let's let's talk about like our marriages and our kids for a second. I, w- I just want to learn from you guys. I know there's probably plenty out there that either they don't have kids or they're in my stage. I have a two-year-old 
than a one month old. I'm 33 <laughs> years old, you know, and you have a kind of unique situation because what you have a six and a nine year six, old, six, nine year old. Yeah. And how old are you? I'm 59. 59. Yeah. Okay. So that, <laughs> that's, that's very unique. It so is unique. I want to start with you. Yeah. Because here I am at 33 and you probably had certain tendencies at 33 that you don't have now. You've learned to break them. And you have that wisdom now. So you kind of get a unique opportunity because at 59, you get to lead in a place that many people in the 30s get to and you have the wisdom to do so. Yeah. You know, like mm -hmm. what are the, some of the things that, you know, you would just say, man, these are disciplines. These are sort of like things that I have to watch where if I neglect rest and relaxation, refreshing and meeting with the Lord, man, I'm going to teach my kids the wrong thing or yeah. I'm not going to be there in the moment. I'm going to miss the moment. Most, let me just say this, most convicting picture I've ever seen. My wife texted it to me. I was on the couch. Oh, boy. And it was before my second um, son, Zion, was born. Zealand's in the room, and he's playing. And he was doing something. I can't remember what it was at the time because I was on my phone. And I'm on the couch. I'm on my phone. And I'm sitting there on my phone while this moment my family's happening. My wife takes a picture of me, and she texts me a picture. And I got it. I noticed it immediately because I was already oh, on my phone. Ouch. And I open it, and it's me on my phone. And I look up, and she's there with my son. I'm just like, yeah, I miss, I'm missing the moment. Yeah. What wisdom could you give me and just people like early on with kids and stuff like this is why rest is important. This is what you need to do. Yeah, that um, I, I think it comes back to priority, David. I think for my life, I'm learning. Mm -hmm. I'm still on the journey with you guys that, um, you know, there's there's got to be just the 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 prioritization of my life. It's my relationship with God, hmm. my relationship with my wife and then your kids. Mm -hmm. The people at very best, if you're talking to the pastor, they're fourth or fifth. It has to be your relationship with God, you know what, your relationship to your spouse, your relationship with your kid. What does it matter if you go out and win millions of people, you lose your kids? Yeah. I mean, the, the word yeah. says that children are an inheritance from the Lord. So yeah. yep. you only leave good things in a will. Mm -hmm. And right. that the Lord has chose to, through the, uh, the gift of adoption, mm -hmm. through birth, to give us these kids. And uh, man, that has to be first priority. I heard um, Mart Green uh, he and his family founded Hobby Lobby. Okay. They're, they're, they're just beautiful, spirit-filled, spirit-led people. And uh, they were at the Museum of the Bible. They've opened this up, and they had a group of ministers in. And Mark, the son of David and Barbara Green, founded that uh, Hobby Lobby. Uh, he was speaking to these ministers, and Mark said something that was profound to me. He said, preachers, he was talking about 40 or 50 of us. He said, when you leave the office or your study at two or three o'clock, you know what, to go to your son's ball game or to go pick them up from school, you're not living, leaving your primary ministry to go to your secondary ministry. Mm -hmm. You're leaving your secondary ministry to go to your primary ministry. Right. And so I think, you know what, that doesn't totally answer your question, David, but oh, to have that. that priority, you know what, when I'm, when I'm with those kids, Nick, Nate's three, you're three, and the grandchildren now. That that that's priority one, mm. and everything else is ancillary mm. comparatively. And mm. so I try and remind myself of that. You, I, I get how, one shot at how it. How do you guys like man? Like how do you manage this? Because you guys have all built great ministries, great teams. It took a lot of grind, a lot of work, right? How do you manage that mindset continually? Where it's like, how do you make sure that rest? 
isn't laziness. Because some people could be like, oh, rest, sweet. Take my day off and chill and watch Netflix all day. Yeah. How do you make sure that rest is actually productive? It's something that's like, man, I'm grinding hard at work. I'm putting a lot in. I'm building teams. I'm outputting. So when I rest, I actually have to make sure my rest is a refuel. Because if I think laziness actually sucks energy from us. Yeah, sure. It doesn't True. give to us. Right. So how do you guys manage that? Working hard resting hard if that's even how you would say i don't know yeah well, that's how you can say it. rest has to be delight mm-hmm. it's what the lord gave us so it's something we delight in and uh that rest that sabbath includes worship like you say we we work on other people's sabbath but their right. sabbath includes worship our sabbath has to clu- include i believe an extended time of being with jesus mm-hmm. and that's not that's not netflix that's being with jesus yeah through the word, through stillness and silence, through prayer, through praying in the spirit, and then doing the things with Jesus that we love to do, that he's created us for, being with our kids and yeah. taking our wife out, uh, carving some wood, going and working out, taking a run, uh, mowing the lawn. I find great delight sometimes in that. Just it's You can see the results right away, yeah. you know, and uh, mm-hmm. being- I, I got a big yard, you can come over and help me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, whatever there's delight in, but I think it has to be- intentional that you are being refilled by the spirit you're being with your best friend you're being with the lord and then there is there is there is rest involved where it's like hey we are coming home tonight nothing's going on no one's coming over we don't have anything we are going to watch a movie we are gonna we are gonna do that and it's not laziness yeah it's It's not that it's wrong to watch netflix right like i think i heard i heard one guy say there is nothing wrong if you want to sit down and you want to watch an episode he said even if you want to sit and if you want to binge an entire season he said, it's not that it's wrong, but is it adding anything to the kingdom? Well, A-type yeah. personalities or, or eights on the Enneagram, um, sometimes or threes on the Enneagram, achievers feel that any kind of rest is, it makes them feel guilty. Yeah, we're not getting anything done. Right. You're not being it's productive. This yeah. world says produce, produce, produce. Right. Jesus says, just be with me. He was mm-hmm. never in a hurry. Right. He wasn't freaking out. He's like, somebody come, can I talk to you? No, he had margin in his mind's schedule and mm. in his mind's heart to be with people because he was with the Father and he did it early in the morning. Yeah. He found a solitary place. He he wasn't in a hurry. He wasn't freaking out. Um, I want to get to that spot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not there yet, yeah. but I want to get to that spot where I don't feel any angst in my heart or spirit about mm. any of that. That's my goal. Because none of us would look at Jesus and say, wow, he was really unproductive. Right. Yeah. Right. No. yeah. It's the last thing we'd and say Jesus about Jesus. never felt guilty in those resting times. I mean, they sat around a lot and just talked. That's how rabbis taught. Mm-hmm. And that's powerful. It is. And David, a great friend of mine, John and Debbie Lindell, they, they have a practice that I think maybe for ministers to be able to uh, implement into their life. They have a rule. After 7 p.m., they don't talk about the church. Hmm. I think you talked about grind, and we all know it. Man, this thing's 24-7. Mm-hmm. You're never done. I mean, you yeah. get your message done, yeah. but you, you got this project or this implementation. But to have a, even some hard and fast rules uh, that you have in your family. You know what? For your kids' sake, for your grandkids' sake. You know what? After this time, you know what? And then hold to it. Somebody starts to go, hey, what, what happened at? No, it's 7 p.m. or afterwards. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think that's protective for, wow. for your family. So good. Yeah, I want to add something too yeah. is don't let you know, people in the church 
um, to create your boundaries for you. Yeah. A lot of people have massive misconceptions of what pastors and clergy go through, you know, and they're, they're cracking a whip. And because you're insecure or you're a people person or people pleaser, you tend to lower your standards when it comes to rest. Mm-hmm. I'll give you an example. Uh, my kid was probably five or six, right on the front lawn, playing wiffle ball. He couldn't hit it, but that's another story. <laughs> I'm uh, trying to teach my son right now. But he got all A's, all right? Um, <laughs> anyways, I'm pitching to him, and he's not hitting anything. And, I, and a lady going down the street who goes to, goes to my church, she's looking at me. Her mouth is wide open. It's like a Wednesday, 2 o'clock. And I can tell in my spirit what she's going is, oh, my goodness, the pastor's not working. You know, he's playing with, right he now. should be at the office. Yeah. And it, the look on her face, there was such, there was such false condemnation that I picked up. Yeah. And I went, and I got into fear going, oh my goodness, you know, I've got to, I got to work through these things. I can't mm. spend time with my kids. And I let, let that lady, that spirit mm-hmm. influence me. That's so good. Um, but Wednesday night when she probably blew church off, you yeah. were there till 10 o'clock <laughs> yeah. turning yeah. off the lights. Exactly. But I was, yeah. I was yeah, young, right. I was young and right. immature yeah. and inexperienced. And I, I let that influence falsely influence me mm-hmm. in, yep. in, in an area that it shouldn't have. That's so good. Just real quick. Um, one way that I learned to really get refreshed, I started this about five years or 15 years ago uh, when Pastor Paul came on with me. We were a small church. I just had one staff member. I developed about uh, two other guys to in preaching for me. Um, and so what I started to do back then, and now I still do it today, um, the worst time for a pastor uh, with his emotions a lot of times is during the summer. People are going on vacation. Uh, the numbers are down. You, you feel like, oh, what's happening to my church? You know, I learned that early on. I would hear my dad talk about uh, the worst uh, times in his life was during the summer. And those are the worst times for a pastor to make decisions yeah. if they should stay or not. You know what I'm saying? And so I just learned that. And some, no, again, some guys, I've never taken a sabbatical. My deacons uh, would have no problem if I took a sabbatical. Um, in some situations, I think it's uh, good probably. But... Um, uh, where I'm really bad is I've just never taken my full vacation every year. I've just never, uh, you know, you have so many weeks, I've never taken it all. Um, but I learned to take three weeks off, and I do that to this day, three Sundays off during the summer. I let these people, I let, now I let my pastoral staff preach for me. But to you, that is maybe a small church. Uh, uh, you're a pastor of a small church, I would encourage you, lean on some of uh, maybe other pastors or lean on some good missionaries around. Lean on some retired pastors around to come and preach for you, but you sit there and get fed. It's so very, very important. That started becoming so vital in my life where where maybe uh, we took off uh, for a week or two with the family, had our vacation, but then I wanted, I needed to get fed. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so I'll literally sit down, sit down in the front row and now my pastoral staff will preach and that literally feeds me. It's great. It, refreshes I, you. it refreshes me. It's good. And, uh, and also th- to be a part, to come on a Sunday that I, I'm not part of the agenda. 
I'm part of the flock. Yeah. And uh, I've been doing that for 15 years, and it literally has helped restore. That's great. Uh, it, it's honestly, for me, it's almost better sometimes than a vacation. And uh, because I still love to be part of the church, but I can be fed yeah. at the same time and be a part of worship and with no agenda. That's so good. Guys, I learned a ton. I know the people listening learned a ton too. Something the Lord spoke to me early on, and I'll kind of like leave you all with this thought. You know, if you are, say, called to full-time ministry, the Lord told me, healthy me, healthy ministry. Yeah. The ministry can only be as healthy as I am. Yes. Right. If I'm unhealthy, the ministry is unhealthy. Mm -hmm. And apply that in any way. As yep. a parent, you're unhealthy, your kids are unhealthy. Yep. Yes. As a boss, you're unhealthy, your employees are unhealthy. Mm -hmm. We're talking emotionally, spiritually, physically, mentally, on so many different levels. We got to be healthy. We really yes. do. Yeah. And as mm -hmm. we just talked about, we would never look at Jesus and be like, wow, that dude didn't produce much on planet Earth, <laughs> yet he rested. Yes. He was healthy. He, mm -hmm. he knew how to get away. He knew to, how to pour into people. He knew when to shut things off, and he, he knew when to turn it on. And I think, uh, as we just heard, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm way behind you guys, but even hearing these guys where they're at, they're constantly saying, I'm still learning. And that is going to be the process. You're going to yes, still be is. learning. We'd love to continue to hear from you. Please email us, equip at gwfamily.com. We would love to hear from you. We'd love to be able to continue to hopefully equip you, uh, minister to you, and hear your thoughts as well. I just want to have Pastor Nate close us out in yeah. prayer and just really believing for rest for you guys' lives. Amen. All right. Lord Jesus, uh, teach us your ways. Yes. Would you, Lord? Teach us your ways. Yes. Mm -hmm. Help us know that the key... A healthy ministry, a healthy life, a healthy business, a healthy family is mm -hmm. to not always do, there will be go times, mm -hmm. but to be with you, mm -hmm. that we would be refreshed. Help us, Lord, to take our vacations with our families mm -hmm. and turn off our devices. Help mm -hmm. us, Lord, practice a Sabbath, even during the day, get alone for five minutes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Help us, Lord, not uh, to become cynical about these things, Lord, mm -hmm. but we would practice them in our life and they would be part of who we are, feeding our soul so we can help others around us, so we could be the leaders and the influencers you've called us to be, led by your spirit, mm -hmm. refreshed by your goodness. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 amen.